It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, welcome back, everyone. This is the Flow Track Podcast with the fourth and final edition of our USATF Championships Recap Show. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. The, act, the meet is still actually on right now. I'm watching them interview Cordell Tinch. But we're going to get started early because we got a ton to talk about. Good evening, Gordon. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, we made it, man. Four days. Who would have thought? The four of us in my house eating frozen pizzas every day, watching people run in circles and in straight lines and throwing and jumping and screaming and walking. There was a race walk this, mm-hmm. this weekend as well. Uh, we did it. We have our Team USA kind of because people can still chase for the standard till July 30th. Some people won't need to chase because they have a good world ranking. We'll get into that. And also there's a unique thing going on in the men's 5K and 10K that we'll talk about based off of the Grant Fisher news and the result of that men's 5K. But overall, great meet. Uh, what was – Yeah. What, what, well, what? I have Sorry, something I want to say. I have something I want to say. Because people, people are still trickling into the live yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it's relevant sure. even if you're listening to this the next day or a couple of days later. You lied to me. You lied to me. I said, are we going to have any standard drama in any of these events? And you said, no, the 1500, there's only one person who could make it. Who, An event after event after event. We're talking about the standard for the women's 800. When's the last time we've played that game before? I don't know what's going on. I don't like it. I didn't like having to try to figure out who was getting in based on standards and you can chase now. So we have to, it's the TBD US championships because the three people that go might not be the three people who cross the line. And I thought it was more prevalent this year than it was even last year, the year before. So you lied to me and I want to get that. I did not lie to you, man. I did not lie to you. People don't have the standard, but they have the world ranking. Kayla Edwards has the world ranking. Isaiah Harris, Clayton Murphy, they have the world ranking. The three steeplechase guys have the world ranking. The only notable distance people who don't have the standard nor the current world ranking is Raven Rogers, Natasha mm-hmm. Rogers in the 10K, and Sean McGorry in the 5 and 10. But we'll get into it more. I didn't lie to you, okay. man. I you kind of did. You kind of did. I, it just, I heard the word standard way more than I wanted to. I want to hear the word standard zero times once a meet starts. That's the amount of times I want to hear that phrase uttered. For the order today, I think we should do this order. You tell me if I'm wrong. Women's 200. Men's 200. How's that for a starter? So you're power ranking? You're power ranking the events? That's what we're doing? Yeah. We, we didn't get a chance to run through this before the show started, but I want to <laughs> let people in on the process. Uh, then I think we should go men's high hurdles. 
Then I think we should go men's really third. Hurdle. Yeah. Well, actually, we'll go men's four and hurdles. Then we'll yeah. go. We'll just stay women's four and hurdles, and then we'll go men's one ten hurdles, the last event, and then we'll do some distance stuff. We'll go men's eight, women's eight, and then the five k's. And, and I then think, we talk about Jamaica at the very end. And then we're going to talk about Jamaica. We'll talk about the field events as well. We're not doing a show on Monday, which is tomorrow. Uh, we're going to show on Wednesday this week too. Yeah, because we need a cool. break. Yeah, well, and we're going to cover everything tonight, or we already yeah. covered anything the last three nights. Listen, take the four podcasts and play them back to back to back on Monday. Be a long podcast. Start it, yeah. Wake up to it, eat lunch to it, and watch a television show to it. Yeah. Have you ever, done, I have have a, ever watched a television show while listening to a podcast? I have. It's really messes with yeah. my brain. Well, it just like, tells you that, yeah, the attention of this generation is not very good. That's what that tells you. And I'm guilty of it as well, too. I have the chat open. So if you have something you want to say, drop it in the chat. Uh, and then we'll talk about it. I think we should do MVPs of the meet as well, too. I, I was like doing the MVP of the meet. Because my Already? MVP. We got to get our votes in. Well, no, people can vote on it now, but I'm saying you and I will okay. give our MVP towards the end of the show. My my men's MVP is going to be someone who I didn't think I would pick heading into this meet. Surprising. Let's okay, start let's get into it. Though. Women's yeah. 200. You're in, a t- you're in a rush? You're Mr. We have all day. And then now you're rushing me talking about MVP talk. People love MVP talk. Women's 200. This was spectacular. It was good yesterday. Because Richardson ran the really fast time that was wind dated. And then we knew Gabby Thomas, Abby Steiner, Tamara Clark, Jenna Prandini. There were a lot of big names in, in this race. And then it got even more interesting with the semifinals, which was earlier this afternoon when Thomas runs 21.86. Richardson won her heat in 22.18 and slowed down across the line. And I was wondering, man, have we maybe, have we peaked too soon maybe in the women's 200? Because Thomas ran really fast. That was the second fastest time of her career in the semi. And of course, Richardson has had a long meet. She's had to run the 100 as well too. But I was wrong, Gordon, because the final was even better. Thomas, 2160, 100th best, 100th faster than her personal best, which put that's the sixth fastest time in history. She gets to win. She was running on the outside in lane eight. Richardson had a good start and was in the lead coming off the curb. Thomas was so strong, though, over that last 100, overtook her. Richardson gets on the team, second place, a PR, 21.94. And then Kayla White, a little bit of an upset there. Kayla White, she runs a PB, 22.01 to just edge Abby Steiner, who ran 22.07. Man, it just – the journey of Thomas from what she did in the Olympic year and how fast she ran there – to the injury and not getting on the team in 2022, right back again to the top. And I think, obviously, we'll talk more about Shrika Jackson and, and the, the pecking order in the women's 200, but she's in a better position now relative to the world than she was two years ago. And just, I was so impressed with her composure and how she just was able to work her way back. She ran some 100s, she ran some 400s, and now runs the fastest 200 of her career. I think people might have forgotten how good Gabby Thomas was because of what happened last year. Yeah. And sometimes injuries can be detrimental to a, like a career where some people don't come back from them. Some people 
yeah, they come back, but they never have that same spark that they had pre-injury. And we had no idea what how Gabby was going to respond to her. Obviously, last year was a mulligan year, but clearly she is acting like last year was the Olympics and running 2160, getting the win. And I think a big reason for her success here and being able to beat Shikari by like 0.3 seconds was that she didn't run the 100. She was fresh. She mentioned in her post-race interview that she wanted to run the 100, but her coach was like, no, just do the 200. Mm-hmm. And Gabby was like, all right. She was hesitant, but she's like, okay, trust the coach. And clearly it worked. Because you could tell Shikari was a little bit tired in that final 75 of the final 200. She ran As she obviously actually should ran be. well in the hundred. She ran three one hundreds, then mm-hmm. two two hundreds. That's sixth race in four days. That's gonna take a lot yeah. out of you. And especially when Shakari ran that twenty one six in the prelim day, mm-hmm. you know, I think Shakari has the ability to be more in the conversation with Gabby Thomas and Sharika Jackson. But I think with the tight schedule and her doing the hundred prehand uh, beforehand, it kind of played into Gabby's favor and Gabby's not just an elite talent, but a world-class talent. She took advantage of it and put together a mark that may stay as the world lead until, you know, the global final. A lot of times people want to second guess the coaching. Why do they run this event? Why do they run that event? Why do they choose to do this path instead of that path? And you're right. This is a case where Thomas and her coach, Tanja Buford Bailey, Played it perfectly. Played it perfectly saying, we're not going to run the 100. This is not the Olympic trials where the meet is spread out over a couple of weeks. This is a four-day meet. It's a compact schedule. The 100 is shorter than the 200, obviously. But it's unforgiving as well, too. And the cumulative toll of all the racing, the mental and physical energy that it takes to get up for it, you could see she was super fresh. But she looks so good in that semi. Like that curve in the semi – it looks so, so smooth. The transition to the straightaway was so good. And again, I almost thought, well, maybe is she going to have enough for the final? And I think part of the reason she had so much left for the final was because she didn't run. She wasn't on her sixth race or her fifth race. She was only on her third race of the entire meet. Credit to Kayla White for getting the win. Remember, she beat she beat Richardson early on in the season over in the Continental Tour. Uh, Steiner slips to fourth. Uh, 2207. That's a season's best for her. She hadn't been ripping off a bunch of 21s this year. I know part of that was the difference with the pro schedule versus the college schedule. But just to show how unforgiving this sport is, look at what happened with Steiner last year. She makes the 200 team and then ends up getting in the relays as well, too. This year, because the 200 isn't an event where you can pull from. And I'm assuming no injuries and anything like that. She's not going to be eligible uh, for a relay pool. I mean, I'm sure if they really wanted to, they can, they can make something work, but traditionally it's going to be the group from the hundred and it's going to be the group from the 400, something to watch for sure. I just think it's, it's so tough. The sport, like a matter of few hundreds goes from, Hey, she could be in two relays in an individual event to she's not competing at all. I do think there is some weird clause that there is a technicality you could pull from the 200 for the fourth, fifth, sixth, like, but I think a lot of dominoes need to fall in a certain way for yeah. that to happen. It's unlikely to happen here. Um, but hey, that's why the U.S. selection 
process is it's the best, but also the most brutal because there are always going to be well-deserving athletes, athletes who are probably faster and better than 90% of the global field that shows up to Budapest. But because they're in the U S you only get three or maybe four, but you know, you could be the eighth fastest person in the world, but you're fourth in the U S so you have to watch people out there who are 20th fastest in the world, take a spot at the global championship. But Abby's young. She, I, I don't think, I mean, obviously you want to make the teams and keep it going, but I think the way she performed here, she's going to be able to learn from it. And I don't think her 2024, 2025 trajectory is going downward. I think this is more of a leveling out and maybe she can, you know, climb back up to be where Shakari and Gabby are. Oh yeah. I don't think maybe, I think she definitely can. It's just, yeah. it's still frustrating for her that the whole year is now viewed differently because of this, this, this performance. So yeah, I think, and I wouldn't be surprised to, you know, it's interesting when Thomas talked about her injury last year, she said what helped her is post worlds. She started running races. Do you remember that at the end of the season last year, she started getting in some races and that built some momentum for 2023. I wonder uh, with Steiner, she could, she could build up some momentum, get going in the back half of the season and then use that to propel it for 2024. Because if there's one thing about track, there's a lot of meets out there. There are a lot of meets and there's meets after the world championships. And we scratch our head about that sometimes and talk about how it's a strange process that we have, but that also is good there for some athletes, for some athletes, it's way too much and it goes on way too long, but there is a group of athletes out there who are able every year to take advantage of it. And maybe she's one of those athletes. In addition to a lot of these other, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth place finishers uh, from this weekend. Move on to the men's two. Men's 200. Men's 200. So, Arian Knighton, third U.S. team for him. His consistency is impressive for how young he is. We talk about the, the 1949 and the medals and all the stuff that he's done at, at the highest level and, and the number that's next to his PR when you, when you look him up on the World Athletics website. But just the fact that, hey, we're on three years now of him running – a quality 200 when the pressure was on against a good field. And in this field, he defeats Bednarik. He defeats Lindsay who won an NCAA title and he beats Fred Curley and Christian Coleman and the, and just a quality us field 19.72. Just uh, again, Im- impressed with his ability to rise to the occasion. I thought Bednarik did a great job and you could hear the relief in his voice, Bednarik. Cause I think for a lot of these athletes, it's like, wait, 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 like patience, patience, patience in the off season, early season. But then if something goes wrong with an injury or some sort of issue, then it's, oh my gosh, we're on the clock and we got to figure out how to get it right for USA's. But if we can just get it right for USA's, then that clock resets and then everybody can have a good buildup or a solid buildup for worlds. And I think Kenny is one of those guys. So he, he gets it done. I'm sure he's elated to be on the team 1982. And then Lindsay. 1985, we talked about the college guys in the 100 not running well. Well, he was all good, Gordon. 19.85 PB beats Fred Curley by one one-hundredth of a second to knock Curley off the team in the two. Yeah, 
Knighton and Ben Narek, you talked about the consistency. They're making teams, and you know they're going to be medal favorites with Noah Lyles a month from now. I want to talk a little bit about Fred Curley, though, because he only hit, obviously has the buy in the 100. He's still the fastest runner in the world in the 100, in my opinion, based off what we saw happen all over the, the world this past weekend, and he sat down and just ran a couple 200s. But his his day today, his 200-meter semi and his 200-meter final, he is really struggling with running that curve. Like, it's just, it does not make sense that he's that talented, especially in the 100 and in the 400, that he can't seem to get that first 75 to 80 meters down. He is basically always starting in a hole. It's not that he has, and he doesn't have a bad start. He just has a bad curve. And we saw a little bit in that semi. He had to close hard to get a big cue. And then he just was never a factor uh, in this race. Courtney Lindsay had him in the front and was just able to continue to hold him off. And Curly just wasn't able to, to close hard enough. I mean, he his first 100 meters was 10-4, 10-4-0. Lindsay, Benaric, and Knighton ran 10-31, 10-29, and 10-31. Coleman ran 10.20. Coleman, man. Coleman's quick. Uh, but it just shows that he's not able to get that extra point one that everyone else is getting. And if he was, he would be running the 19.8s and 7s in these championship-style races. So, I don't know. I see this. He's, he's now a full-on short sprinter. I think he needs to consider abandoning the 200 and try to be a 1-4 guy. And I think his – I know he wants to win multiple medals. He needs to stay in the 100, but I think he needs to start making the 400-meter team. Because if Fred Curley ran the 400 at this meet, he would have made the team. Do you agree? Disagree? I agree. And here we are a year later, and you're making bold Fred Curley takes again, which I love it. I love it. No, I. you're talking to the guy who literally wrote an article – because I thought he was going to do it because he started teasing stuff about the 400. And he's looked comfortable in some 200s throughout this last couple of years, but he didn't look comfortable in the ones this weekend. That's for sure. And he got the big cue in the first semi. And Otto and Sonia on the broadcast, when they saw the line, lane assignments, I think like a lot of people said, well, hey, he's now got a shot because he's at least in lane nine could have been worse if he was on the inside. And if that would have been, I think those would have gone to people who had small cues, but even if he had lane four, it would have been tougher. So he was given this other opportunity because it was in the outside lane, which should, should have helped him. But yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't look comfortable for him in the same way. The hundred looks comfortable and the same way his quarters look comfortable. And it is an entirely different race. The hundred is different than the 200. There's a lot of people who can do both but it's not the same race. So yeah, I would love to see him run the quarter. His quarter that he ran several months ago is still, it still stands, especially when you consider that it was run in March. <laughs> and if you want to get a gold medal, right, forget all that. Forget all, Even if he got third, it's still easier for him to get, if he wants a gold medal, it's easier for him to get a gold in the four right now than it is the two. There's yeah. no Lyles is in the 200 and Larry Knighton's in the 200, you know, Kenny Bednarik's in the 200. There's a lot more in his way in the in the 200 than there is in the 400, even if he was running that well. But I think, yeah, if if you say right now, Fred, because based on USA, is, is the fifth best guy in the 200 because of what you know you take out Lyles. 
would he be better than top five in the 400, even if you throw Norman in there? I think absolutely he would be. 100%. Absolutely he would be better than top five. So it would have been nice to have Curly and Noah both in the one and the two so they could face off against each other twice. But looks like only Noah Lyles will be doing the double, the sprint double yeah. for the men. Uh, we do have, I guess, and then Shakari on the women's side, right? That's mm-hmm. the only – and then maybe – a thing Mo in the eight and fifteen, or Sydney McLaughlin in the four and four turtles, but we'll, we'll yeah. see about that. Cranny as well, too, right? Cranny, yeah. yep. Yeah, there's a couple. Sean McGordy, couple, couple doublers out there as well. Yeah, Sean McGordy in the mix. Let's move now to the men's four and hurdles, where I was telling you during this race, it's in the era of okay. So buys exist. World championship buys exist. But I think Rye ben- it's kind of strange that Rye Benjamin doesn't have a buy. Now, in part because silver, silver, silver. But he's getting silver against historically great runners. And the gap between him and the next best 400 hurdler is really big. And it's always been really big. And I, I love the si- – the U.S. system is great. I think it's the best system in the world. There's no perfect system. But I like first three across the line, go to the world championships most of the time. But if he were to hit a hurdle or had an off day – it would be really a huge blow to the U.S. in the 400 hurdles. And you saw why tonight. I just think, you know, all the issues he's had, he hasn't really, he hasn't really been running that much at all. And he's able to come out and run 46-62. That's his second best time in history. It's in that small group of a couple war home times, a Dos Santos World Championship time, and then the Tokyo times. Like, it's in that group. Now, Warholm ran a really fast 400 hurdles in Oslo this week as well. But this is back on now, Gordon. This is on. In 46 seconds, we have reestablished the men's 400 hurdles as an absolute must-watch. It didn't go far away for me because I thought Rye Benjamin would have a lot to give this year. And then we also have Dos Santos coming back in Monaco. But Warholm has just looked so good. But now we are back. It is on. There's a legitimate fight for the gold medal, and I absolutely love it. You think it's legitimate? I think it's legitimate. I think it's 46-62. Here's the thing that tricks you. Here's the thing that tricks you. What's tricking me? The 400 hurdles, it doesn't seem to – no, no, not just you, everybody. Me, track fans everywhere. Here's what tricks us. What's tricking us? Competition doesn't seem to matter in the 400 hurdles. And I thought that was just the case with Carson Warholm because he would just blow people out and then run all-time times. But we've seen it enough times with Rye Benjamin now. And I think part of it is because it's technical and you're just running your race and you have your pattern and you're going. So you can't yeah. look at a race and say, well, imagine what would happen if they had competition. Now, when they did have competition in Tokyo, both on the women's and the men's, they produced these amazing races that went down in history. But like look at Sydney in Eugene last year. That was a blowout. Still ran a fast time. Look at, again, Warholm, Benjamin's time. So – I'm not going to say, oh, he ran 46-62. So that means when he goes against Warholm, he's automatically going to drop two tenths. And I can say the reverse for Warholm. Just because he ran this time in Oslo where he was winning by three seconds, he's going to drop time. But I just I, – I think that's a fast enough time to where it is on. I, Warholm is still the favorite, obviously. No one's going to pick against him. But Benjamin Stock improved so much in that one minute. All right, I'll let you have it. I, I won't. I won't. 
I won't embrace the debate here. I'll let, I'll let that take stay. You don't like it? I mean, I'm, can, I'm, I'm, I have the vibe of fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Shame on me for the billionth time. Carson Warholm's going to win. Yeah. I'm not saying he's not going to win. I'm just saying it's on, which is a vague okay. way of saying it's going to be really com- – It's on. <laughs> you don't think it's, it's on? It's on. Yeah, sure. It's on. Yeah. It's not off. It's on. Yeah. It's on. No but was it on before required. today? Was it on before today? Yeah, I guess it went from 0% chance to greater than 0% chance. Sure. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. All right. Fair. So it's on. Technically, it's on. The light is on. I can see a little light underneath the door. I see it. I just love it. I just love it. And it is kind of wild that I'm being so like passive about it that a guy runs 46 seconds and I'm kind of like, eh, Carson. It just shows how good Carson is. Not showing how not good Rye is. It just shows how great Carson is. Yeah. All right. Women's foreign hurdles turned into a really good race down the home stretch. You had uh, Shamir Little and Dalila Muhammad. Um, and it, it's just an awesome battle. And, uh, you know, you knew that those two were going to get it because they were well away. And then Anna Cockrell was in third. But just an awesome, awesome uh, one-two. Little gets it 53-34. Uh, Little or sorry, Muhammad 53-53, Cockrell 54-24. So those, they've all made teams before. They'll be back. And listen, if you know, we know Britton Wilson's not running the foreign hurdles. Sydney may not run the foreign hurdles. So behind Femke Bowl, this could be that next group. So there's even if you think Bowl is, is the huge favorite, there's still medalists there um, as well. So women's foreign hurdles. And then how – Thoughts. How big of a gift? Sorry. How big of a gift basket is Anna Cockrell sending Britton Wilson right now? Yeah, I mean that helped. <laughs> I think it helped. Yeah, I think it helped a lot because Britton Wilson would have beaten Little and Muhammad, I think, in this race, and Cockrell would have been the odd woman out. Shows how deep the women are in both the four and four hundred hurdles on the U.S. side. Uh, but I like that, you know. I guess what's the difference between Cockrell and the 400 hurdles and the first woman out in the open 400? You know, I think in a way you, it's kind of nice that Cockrell gets in because if you're the fourth fastest 400 meter runner, you're at least still getting to compete on the four by four relay pool. Whereas if you're the mm-hmm. fourth best 400 hurdler, you don't get to be in a relay pool. So I'm okay with them spreading it out. Multiple plane tickets going out. So. Multiple plane tickets going on. All right, men's men's high hurdles. What do you think of this one? Well, should I give a little truth serum? I didn't watch it. I watched the live results of it because I was upstairs <laughs> setting up this podcast. You were watching it downstairs on my TV. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be an honest here, and I'm just not gonna say anything about it because I think or I'll say what I saw before. I'll talk about it. I'll talk. Well, about Well, before it you talk about this, Devin Allen pulling out due to a, a calf injury. Uh, he mentioned in his post-race interview last night that he was being cautious because of the injury. Run doesn't ends up not even running in the semifinals, which is a big blow to his redemption arc for that false start bullshit that happened last year in Eugene. Uh, but it also opened up a spot, and Freddie Crittenden took advantage of that spot. Um, Grant Holloway doesn't run the final, which we assumed would happen. And then it was a Tinch versus Ro- Roberts battle, and I heard mm-hmm. you – downstairs making audible 
noises while that race went off. <laughs> Why I were you being whoa. so audible? It was just so close between Roberts and Tinch and Roberts had a slight lead midway through and it was just, can he hold it? Can he hold it? Can he hold it? And on the broadcast, they thought it was Tinch. I thought Roberts had it, but there was just this long, it was the long pause. It was the, let's wait and see as the times pop up, who's going to, who's going to get it and it ended up being Roberts. And then it was also pretty cool because they picked up the audio of Roberts yelling, Freddie, because Freddie Crittenden got in as that third spot. So it was just a, it was a cool moment between those three. So much respect for, for that group. So awesome for Tinch to make his, his first team and just complete the incredible story. Everybody's familiar with it by now in the track world. And then Roberts. Roberts is, you know, he's one of the main guys. He's made a, a ton of teams. When he gets to Worlds, there's been issues with, you know, uh, disqualifications and just some bad luck all around with Roberts. So he has a chance now to go and try to get a gold. And then you have, uh, obviously, Grant there who didn't run the didn't run the final. But a solid team. I thought it would be Roberts, Tinch, and then a question mark for the third. That's kind of how it played out. Um, but... Didn't we see a good? We saw Broadbell run really fast today too. So Jamaica, Jamaica is going to be a force in the for, in the high hurdles. Yeah, we'll talk about Broadbell in the Jamaica segment that we save for last. It's to keep all the Jamaican fans listening to the podcast until the very last of the hour. So mm-hmm. don't bring up Broadbell just yet. We'll save it. Now. Okay, right on. <laughs> all right, so let's go now to. I'm not allowed to talk about Jamaican athletes. I've been I'm being uh, silenced by Gordon. Eight hundred. Let's go men's 800 first. Hopple, Harris, Murphy. Not a surprise, but a lot of pushing and shoving. It slowed down the times. 146.20 for Hopple. The drama really was okay. With 100 to go, you got Isaiah Jewett there still hanging on. Would he have enough? How would that, how would that group of four turn into a, a team of three? And Jewett faded just enough, and... Harris and Murphy worked their way up enough to where they could squeeze by him. I really felt the whole time very confident in Hopple. I don't know about you, Gordon. I just when I saw him up front, it's just okay. That's the that's the Hopple that we know from from 2019. That's the Hopple we know who's just really smart tactically and always puts out uh, solid performances. So I wasn't really thinking he would slide off, but there was there were a lot of question marks in two, three, and four. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, though, it makes sense that it's Hopple, Harris, and Murphy, mainly because that's who I picked. So I feel like I'm – yeah. It. They, that, they went one, two, three in their first heat of the semifinals. They go one, two, three here in the ultimate final. I think they have the most experience. Hopple, Murphy, and Harris have been through this multiple times. Yes, Jewett has been a few in a few big races, but Sumner, he's fresh out of college. Holdsworth, Alvarado, Jones, they haven't been consistently in making team contention. So it really felt like a four-man race, which is what it came down to in the final 50 meters. And Jewett, who post-race, I mean, he felt like he had a good head on his shoulders. He did. He, I guess he's able to put on a good face after, like, you know, getting fourth at USA is like the, probably the worst feeling ever. Uh, Tough break, yeah. And he seemed kind of – he was disappointed, but, you know – he didn't seem like it. Uh, he handled it well, because at the end of the day, those four guys are all interchangeable. 
and someone has to go home. And this situation was Jewett. And there was a lot of tussling going on. And the broadcast was making it seem like there was going to be a DQ, but there was nothing that was DQ worthy. So I'm happy nothing. We don't have a DQ controversy, which is kind of crazy. We went the entire meet without one controversy, DQ, official decision. That's kind of crazy, right? No weird false start. There's nothing. Like the results all, stand how as they were. All the USATF drama was before the meet this year. Sure. There's going to be some issue. It's just a matter of does it happen before the meet, during the meet, or immediately after. They put the flag up, and that's why everybody's thinking, okay, there might be a DQ. But I'm with you. It's some good-natured racing. If someone falls, then there's going to be a call. But you brought it up. The, the people who made the team were the ones who were impacted by it. It felt like they were the ones involved, and they still made the team, so there was not much of an incentive to lodge a protest. Next event. Great segue. Good job there, Gordon. <laughs> well, Pro. I don't know. What, what am I supposed to say? Come up with a next, fancy, like, next, next transition event. tune? Should we have like a transition tune? And now, here is the next event. Well, while we wait for the next event, I can talk about how We're not waiting. I was I watching USA's. I was also refreshing uh, my Twitter feed to see if the Philadelphia Sixers would sign Paul Reed. And they did. Today was a great day for a Philadelphia 76ers fan. As you guys Next know. up, <laughs> women's I have 800. to say it once. I have to say it once. I got, I got tired so of some, right Just some wild results in this women's 800. Oh, yeah. This was fun. Aikens wins. Rodgers gets second, which, all right, that's a good result, especially based on what's been going on this season. But she looks so good. And how many times in Hayward Field have we seen her – be the one who outkicks somebody. In this case, she's the one who got outkicked. It was a little bit strange to see the roles reversed. Kayla Edwards gets up for third, and then Ajay Wilson uh, finishes in eighth and runs 205. So a strange, strange women's 800. Not a team that people would have predicted at the beginning of the year or even at the beginning of the meets, but it ends up being Aikens, Rogers, Edwards, and then they will join a thing Mo who said she's for sure running the 800. Just the question is, is she going to add in the 15? Yeah. Uh, talking about standard wise, I know you were like, Hey, what's Raven Rogers doesn't have the world ranking or standard, but she'll probably do a time trial in the next two weeks. But I was, I think ultimately I was impressed with Rogers showing that despite having a, mediocre regular season was able to show up and get it done when it matters most and make the team. And then for Aikens and Edwards, who are both women who have made finals, but they always were behind the big three of Mo Rogers, uh, Ajay Wilson, and then whoever else was hot at the time, like a Kate Grace or a um, Brenda Martinez from a few years back, like, or but for them to finally have their breakthrough and make the team, an outdoor team, uh, was pretty cool for both Aikens and Edwards. Um, Edwards, post-race, she said, I don't know whether to, like, to, be cr- to cry or to smile. Like, she didn't know how to feel. She's like, uh, this yeah. is a crying moment and also a happy moment. Um, and Aikens winning the indoor-outdoor double doesn't happen that often. Um, it's just weird, though, seeing no Ajay Wilson on the team. Yeah. That's a weird thought, thing to see. Yeah. And she's been so consistent 
Uh, I know a couple weeks ago in New York, she didn't have a good race, but by and large, she pulls it out. I mean, I remember the two years ago going to Tokyo, it didn't look like she'd have a shot. And then she somehow gets it together for trials and gets on, on the team. Uh, but yeah, Aiken's strong close, strong close to, to shut that thing down and, and get the win. I, I, I was just impressed. And with Rogers, yeah, the rule is if you're, face is on a gigantic tower outside of a stadium, don't bet against that person. And that rule has not led me astray yet with picking Raven Rogers to make teams win the meets at Hayward Field, which is basically every meet. So she's going to make every team. Anytime she signs up, she's going to make the team, unless they move it from Hayward Field. I like, I like that. That's a clause. It's a clause written in the contract. Right? Whenever they do USATF trials bids, it's like, you know that if it's at Eugene... Raven Rogers is on the team. Raven Rogers could be 54 years old. She's going to be on the team. Let's just, yeah. you got to do it. You got to find a way. <laughs> Five thousands. We had two of them. Let's start with the women's. Start with the women. Men's. Oh, oh, start okay. the men. Start the men. Man, we're in sync today. I I think Abdi Hamid. Hamid you, wanted to, you wanted to build a statue of Abdi Hamid there. <laughs> That's what you I was going, he just ran like, that was an epic move. It's a move that 98 out of 100 times someone makes a move like that. It's probably made by someone who knows they have no shot. But someone who actually makes that move, who has a shot and it works, it is badass. Because he ran 62 and then what was his, uh, what is official? 50, he ran 57, 62, 57, 53, 62, 57, 53. That is insane. I, I was like, Whoa, what's going on? He actually, hear me out. Obviously his coach is Mike Smith. He made a similar move that Nico young mm. made in the NCA five K. Interesting. Oh, it's like slow. Do it from a mile out. Just go make it a, a hard last mile. And Nico obviously is not at the same talent level as Nur is right now. And Nico kind of fell apart, still finished, I think, top eight. But Nur puts on, hey, guys, we're running a hard last 1,200. Either you're on the train or you're not. And only really Paul Chalimo and Sean McGordy could handle that train. There was a moment when I thought Paul Chalima was going to edge Nur, but man, seeing this performance from Nur, it got me excited because I think this is a, an elite caliber type close that you only really see the top Ethiopians, Kenyans, and Inga Britsons of this world be able to do. I'm not saying Nur is <laughs> You're in doing it again. Metal. You're I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying Nur is the metal. I word. You keep using the I word, man. You need to calm down with that. Calm down. With what? The I what's word. the I word? Ingebrigtsen. Oh, stop. No, yeah, stop. I'm not saying that. No, I'm just, you can't say Kenya and Ethiopia without mentioning Ingebrigtsen as well. Just, you don't want to say Norway, it's Ingebrigtsen. But what I'm trying to say is, Nur clearly, I think, is in a better spot than he was a year ago. He had a big breakout making the team last year. Right. But we haven't seen a lot of him. He did run that LA, an LA meet, mm-hmm. low key, runs like 13 0. But this, Man, this might have been his most impressive 5K he's had to his career. Especially the way he clothed, man. 53? Whew. 
So as we were watching this 5,000, it was going really slow. And they're running 67s and 68s, and you just want to fast forward it to where it gets going. And the observation I made was we're, we're looking at each individual person. Oh, this is great for Woody Kincaid, or oh, this is going to be tough for this athlete. And one of the athletes I said it was going to be tough for is Nerf. And right as I said that, he went to the front, and then it became very clear what he was going to do. This was a grinded out. I know there's a bunch of kickers behind me. One of them is my teammate. His name is Woody. Have you met him before? He made the 10,000 team. I'm not going to let that happen. And he just put it all out there. I mean, people always use the word, made a courageous move. No, he made the move that put himself in the best chance to win because he knew he wasn't going to, if they kept going 67s and he got into a, a kicker's duel, it probably wasn't going to go his way. Maybe it would. Odds go down. Odds, odds exactly. Because you got nine people there instead of having two or three. Or in his case, nobody. Because he just ran away from everybody. So I love the move. I love how he played to his strengths. And the guy who got second, that used to be his move. That was his move. That yeah. was Chalimo, right? And Sir Chalimo would sometimes go earlier than that. And was just gas, gas, gas from eight laps out. But it was fitting that those two went one, two. I do want to give credit to Chalimo. Because I think a lot of people left him for dead, uh, yep. Gordon included. Yeah, uh, a couple I'm a big Chalimo guy too. Big Chalimo guy. Have him. Positive vibes into Abdiham and Nur, but now I got to split it between Chalimo and Nur. So yeah, credit to him for getting it, and he has a standard. Uh, then we get into the Magorian third. This was just kind of wild all the way down. Klecker fourth, coming back for the five from from the ten. So I think that's a good result for him, and could end up on the team if Magori doesn't get the standard. Tier gets fifth, and it looked like he was in a great position because it was going to be a kicker's race, and you thought, okay, Tier's on. And then Kincaid in ninth. I mean, Kincaid closed in 57, which was, which was slower than most of the – I mean, he was in – he lost three places in the penultimate lap and then just stayed in ninth on that last lap. Credit to Kincaid, though. He's so good that I thought he would still come back even when he was completely out of the picture. But, yeah, this is just interesting results all the way down. And Fisher not being there, obviously, we think opened up at least one spot for somebody. But the way Nur ran, I don't, I don't know if Fisher was going to be touching him tonight. So, Tom, if you want to scroll back up to the top of those results, uh, this is what's weird about it. Now that the team is Nur, Chalimo, McGordy, McGordy does not have the 10K standard. It is easier for him to get the 5K standard. So – you probably have to assume that McGordy's going to get the 5K standard, which means that the team would be Nur, Chalimo, McGordy. Now, Tom, let's go over to the men's 10K, which was on the first day on Thursday. Bring up those results. So if McGordy doesn't get the 10K standard and sticks with just getting the 5K, and Chalimo is already in the 5K, let's bring up the 10K results. The 10K results were Woody Kincaid, Klecker, then McGordy. McGordy's probably going to not attempt to do the 10K. Then it goes to mm. Fisher, who is hurt, who may scratch the 10K. And then Chalimo, who has the 5K, so he's going to scratch, which means there's a chance someone like Connor Mance or ECI Rodriguez could put together some time trial, and maybe the sixth or seventh place guys in the 10K could get the world standard and represent Team USA. That makes sense. Did you follow all that? That's a lot. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of different directions this could go. I, I mean, once Fisher was out with an injury, I think that really opened 
the door for things because we thought, all right, well, if McGordy doesn't get it, then it's just going to go to Fisher and then case closed. But I think that was the, – the, the questions around his health set off a bunch of other potential questions. Yeah. So. All right. Next topic. Women's 5,000. Before we do that, my computer is running out of battery, so Gordon is going to take this opportunity to tell you about why the Philadelphia 76ers have re-signed Paul Reed. No, we, we'll, we'll go right into the 5K. Uh, no, I need to be here for that. I, no, I'm no. not missing that. No, you can, no. Guys, chat. How no. about this? Mute I'm gonna, I'm, oh, hold Producer on, no, Tom, no, mute, mute his mic. No, mute no, mic. no mute. No mute. I'm going to do my own 5K preview, and then Kevin can come in and say what he wants to say. But I will say, Elise Cranny, similar to Sean McGordy, having not really a big regular season, comes in, makes both the 5 and 10K team impressive. Cranny is clearly at peak condition. Uh, after watching the 10K, it makes sense that she runs away with this. Monson showing consistency, making the team. But Natasha Rogers finding a way to beat someone of like Josette Andrews caliber, I was most shocked by that. Natasha Rogers comes in. We know she can mix it up, but I did not think she would actually get thir- top three in both the 10 and the five. Josette Andrews just made a tactical error by letting Rogers march right, back. Granny. We can talk about the women's 5,000 now. I'm talking about the tactical error that Josette Andrews made by letting oh. Rogers, Monson, and Cranny separate and basically ran out of real estate to close on Rogers. Andrews should have been on this team. There's no excuse. She should have found a way to be in there, make it a big four, and then outkick Rogers. But credit to Rogers, where she's like, all right, Andrews, you don't want to come with me? Thank you for giving me the six-second cushion. I'm going to hold on to it. And she got the standard and route. So your team is Cranny. Monson and Rogers. Other notables, Caitlin Tui finished seventh. Um, I think that makes sense for her uh, after, you know, kind of having a long college season with what happened at NCAA. So still come back at top eight, beat Kaladi and Infeld. So uh, I think we might now, though, Tui probably is going to come back for cross country after seeing that. I think, I think if Tui made the team, that would have been more of a reason for her to go pro. But now that, she got seventh. She can do one more season of NC State and then try to make the team in the Olympic year. Yo, seventh is really good in this. Look yeah. at this field. I mean, look at the names. No, yeah, she beat Kaladi and Infeld. It's two good names to beat. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and even even farther down, you got people there who have won. You know, like Kurgot's been running really well. Um, th- th- yeah, that's a that's a solid result. Especially, it's just it's just tough in a in a race like that. I mean, Cranny was just so sharp, just comes in, you know, like with the ability to close like that. And Monson has looked great. I mean, Monson's running with the best women in the world on, on the diamond league circuit. Obviously Cranny has, has as well too. All right. So five thousands are good. We talked eight hundreds, high hurdles, low hurdles, two hundreds. Um, let's run through some of the field event action men's shot. How about that? Men's shot put, um, Ryan Krauser, they mic'd him up. It was pretty cool in the warm-up. 22-86, Josh Owatunde second, uh, Otterdahl third. So Kovacs actually falls to fourth with a 21-90. But Krauser, 22-86 in his final round, gets the, gets the win. He had uh, three throws better than the second-best competitor which is, I guess, par for the course. And then I thought women's long jump was pretty exciting as well, too. 
Yeah, Tara Davis, uh, 687 over Kunisha Burks, 682. Um, Burks almost got her. I mean, she became like five centimeters away in the final jump, but it wasn't enough to overtake Davis Woodhall. Uh, but it's a good team. Jason Moore is also on the team. So more books and Davis Woodhall should be good. I think the story though was women's pole vault. Yes. Katie Moon, world lead, 490. She made three attempts at over five meters. Mm-hmm. Comes up short, but Katie Moon makes the team. Sandy Morris, Hannah Mall, Mole, and Bridget Williams are the four women going to world. Mall's a high school there. Yeah. Mole's a high school there. So, so Mole. World ranking? She's gonna have to she's gonna have to get in on world ranking. And right now, she is in the world ranking pool, but you know, things can change in the next few weeks unless she also gets the standard. But as of right now, she should make it as a high schooler, which is pretty pretty cool. Yeah. I mean that's a we were watching, you know, uh Pedersen, Bray Pedersen all weekend, you know, make it as a high schooler in the to the finals in the one and the two, but Mole's on the team. That's just incredible. Um all right, Other, Brooke Anderson, women's ha- hammer winner, Javon Harrison, men's high jump. Um, you talked about women's long jump. So let's uh, let's talk about what happened in, in Jamaica, shall we? Let's talk about Jamaica. Shrieka so Jackson. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. Women's because 200. You had the back and forth with the world leads, which was fun. Shrieka Jackson, man. Uh, she's, she's the best, she's the best runner in Jamaica right now. I know we saw Shelly Ann make her return. Shelly Ann still runs a decent second place finish, but Shuka Jackson running the world lead, which then she lost to Gabby Thomas because Gabby ran it, then Sharika ran it, then Gabby ran it, uh, <laughs> but 21 seconds for Sharika. She's, she's going to be the number one person for Shakari to have to beat, and the number one person for Gabby Thomas have to beat to prevent USA from winning either the one or the two. Yeah, and listen, I mean, after the ten sixty five and the hundred, we knew something something was going to be fast. Twenty one seventy one, it's a remarkable time for her. It's you know she's so good that you expect something like this. Fraser Price twenty two two six, so she she moves through. She advances, um, gets the gets the berth, and I think for her it's just all right. Another another month to get fit to get ready. Obviously, she's not at Jackson's level right now, but <laughs> very few people are in the world. So I I think if you're a fan of Jamaican sprinting, I think you come out of the this weekend uh, feeling pretty good just based on how Jackson did, and to see Fraser Price again competing. So what's our now that we've seen Shelly Ann run twice, albeit a two hundred, where where are we thinking about her right now? She doesn't have a hundred meter time to her name. Yeah. We saw what Shakari did, saw what Gabby Thomas is doing. Where are we where are we grading Shelly Ann right now? It's just are you talking about in the in the two or the one? Both. Where it's should I rank tough. her? When I make my world rankings this week, where should I work? Where should I rank one of the great, the, the greatest sprinter of all time? 
are you using these rankings as a, as a projection or are you using them as if everybody in the world lined up right now, where would she place? It's projection. So that would inc- exclude a lot of the top Americans. So yeah, yeah, saying, well, yeah. I'm only include so, the... so I would start with this. Do I think Fraser Price is going to make the final? Yes. <laughs> My okay. answer to that well, question that... is yes. So that puts her in the top eight. And then you okay. count, okay, who's, who's ahead of her? In the two, Jackson's ahead of her. Richardson, Thomas are ahead of her. So you'd have her somewhere between four and eight would be the window. Um, in the hundred, probably somewhere similar, maybe, maybe five to eight there in the hundred, because you'd have, you'd have Richardson, you'd have Tulu, Don't give you'd have me Jackson. ranges, man. Don't give me five to eight and 48. Give me individual numbers. Six. On both? Yeah. Right now, six. Okay. Six. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for doing my job. Very scientific, but I, I put her six right now. Big eight. Then, she showed uh, up. She ran. She showed up and ran. She's healthy. And then you know that come world championships, if she can get a little bit better, she's going to have that experience edge. So I, I don't see her not, not making the final. So then already you have her in the in that top eight. Let's talk a little bit about the Jamaican hurdlers, though. Broadbell. Yeah. Big time world lead. Twelve was it twelve ninety two? Is that what it was? I believe. No, wasn't twelve ninety two. Was it ninety four? Was ninety four or ninety two? Oh my goodness! I should have came more I thought it was. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm sorry, community. This man right here is not doing a good job. Yeah, twelve ninety four. Sorry, twelve ninety four. Close enough. Point oh two. If you're point oh two off right. of anything, you're fine. If I'm 0.02 seconds late for work, I'm not going to get in trouble. If I'm 0.02 seconds right. ahead of the green light, I'm not going to get a ticket. So I'm 0.02 off. 12.94, Rashid Broadwell. Um, you, I, I mean, Broadwell has Grant Holloway's number in notable in, – in, some races. Uh, uh, in some uh, races. Right. In some oh, races. Okay. Not notable. In some races. Well, you can't. You don't have them, their number. Then you're using the wrong word. Then you don't. You can't have your number. If you have their number, you have their number. Let yeah, but you, you can have someone. Let me give you number. an example. Let me give you an example for another sport. The Boston Celtics have the Philadelphia 76 Okay. Number. Okay. That's that's okay. an example of having their number. If they beat them sometimes, then you can't say they have their number. Okay, maybe he's, he has – it's like having a girl's number when you went on one date for Hinge and you have yet to get the second date. Technically, All you right. have the number in your phone, but you, you don't really have the number because they don't text you back. So maybe it's that type of number he has. I so, don't know anything about that, but you're speaking like you have an awful lot of experience on that topic. <laughs> Go on. I'm sure people want to hear more about this completely hypothetical scenario that you've laid out. No, but – Grant Holloway, he, he he's only he yes he's broken thirteen this year, yeah. But he's also like the king of running thirteen O's, and there could be a situation where Broadbell, I think, you said the four hundred meter hurdles is on with yes. the way Rye Benjamin ran, and now he could potentially beat Carson Warholm. I think it's more on for Broadbell to beat to beat Grant Holloway in the global championship because 1292 is 
1294, sorry, I was off with 0.02 again. 1294 is legit. And so he's beating Grant. I don't know, man. I think, I don't know. I may want to buy, take a future on Broadbell beating. This is going to be good money on picking Broadbell to win gold. I don't know. I think I can bet against my boy Grant, though. Well, but I may have yeah. to hedge my appreciation for Grant. I don't know. I to, I'm going to be when I when I bet a hundred dollars on every event in a month. Yeah. When, when I put four thousand dollars on the line, I may consider oh, going man. against my heart, and I might put the money on Broadbell to win to make all the money back. All right, Broadbell has been great, but this, Jamaica's team is solid too. Parchment and Bennett. I mean, thirteen, twelve, thirteen, nineteen. Again, that, that's not world leading times, but. Parchment's beat him before too. So this is going to be a good battle. I think Tinch is in the mix. And I think Roberts is in the mix. This is going to be a, this is going to be a tough meet for Grant. This is we not need a, a walkover. We need a four by one ten hurdle relay between Jamaica and yeah. USA. That's what we need. Yeah. That'll be wild watching that passing a baton and doing a one ten hurdle. Yeah. I just what think. Are you reading? You're reading something. I'm reading the chat. I'm reading the chat. Also, I think – I mean, he was the favorite, but, like, this has always been close. Ever since he lost to Parchment at Tokyo, I know he, he, he got revenge and, and got the win in, in Eugene. But remember, Allen had a win over him that year and had the world lead going in. And then Broadbell had beaten him. And part, part, like, he's taken losses, and part of that's because he races – and that's good, and I like that he does race. But th- it's not as if he's – it's not 60-meter hurdles, Grant, where nobody touches him and nobody's ever going to touch him. He, he, gets, he gets beat, and, and that's, what's make, that's what makes this event fun. I don't think it's a massive upset by any stretch of imagination if he does. And I love that Broadbell's run 1290 because this is – you know, like, like let's get more 1290s going. I think that would be good for the event overall. All right, MVP of the weekend? MVP, so of the meet. We're just talking about U.S. champs. Okay, yeah, the meet of U.S.'s. So my women's MVP, I got it. Yeah, you go first. You go first. I'll give my men's MVP. Men's MVP is ooh, I will, the MVP and, like, people's champ, where I'm putting it all together. You want, you can give two awards. Just give it a give it a different name. Okay, MVP is I kind of all right. I don't I don't I don't want to distinguish between MVP and People's Champ. I just think two men stuck popped out to me most notably, and they were Sean McGordy and Avni Hamander. McGordy, because he literally made his season debut this weekend, and he made both teams. Teams that are hard to make. The men's 5K is deep. He beat Grant Fisher. He beat his own teammate, Grant Fisher. Obviously, Fisher ended up being hurt, but still, he beat them. Getting third in both the 5 and 10, I thought was one of the most impressive things, where he's run literally two races, and the two races he ran were U.S. finals, and he got on the team both. And then also Abdi Hamaner, because that last 1,200 was phenomenal to watch and i just loved it so abdi hamaner and sean mcgordy are my mvp slash people's champs all right on the men's side i'm gonna go rye benjamin 
and I didn't think it would be Rye Benjamin coming into the meet. And I think because we're in a historic era of the men's foreign hurdles, some all-time performances can get completely lost. And what he did out there, how fast he ran today, had, had been a couple months since he ran a 400-meter hurdle race. I mean, that was two years ago. If someone had run 46-6, we'd be losing our mind. Warholms put it into the 45s, and Dos Santos and Benjamin have made it. So that way, the all-time list is something completely different than it was just a little while ago. But 46-62 uh, is just a big-time performance and it's impressive that he's able to get up i know he has to get top three to advance but to come in that big of a favorite still get up for it and lay down a marker that's going to uh potentially challenge warholm and dos santos moving forward is a big time performance for him so i'd have him he's my mvp on the men's side and i'm going to force you to take a people's champ and the people's champ is Gravant charleston you get to select him too i mean i think the what about javon harrison First and third? No. Kevon Charleston. No one had the Tracksmith guy beating Noah Lyles, Christian Coleman, Trayvon Bromel, Marvin Bracey. You beat them all. No one had that. And Kevon Charleston did that. So Okay. I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna you, give you, myself you, two people's champs since you gave yourself an additional yeah, award in general. Kevon Charleston is your your people's champ. Yeah. No, I get another one. and I, No, no, be, that's the one you I, get. I gave you the one you get. You don't get three. But then I also like Tinch getting second and fifth. Like no, Tinch did no, a, no, Tinch did no, a, no. Those, These are two crazy doubles. A high jump, long jump double, and then a high hurdle, long jump double. That's that's crazy. I'm going to give it to the, the, the doublers, and then yes, so I'll you're, throw. So you're having four people's champs? No. You're getting Tinch, Harrison, Charleston, and Benjamin? That's One gets can't have four. No, 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 no. Benjamin is the MVP. People's champs, we're going to go with Harrison and Tinch. And the overall podcast award for awesomeness goes to Charleston. And then okay. what you, you pick, you pick Nur and McGordy. So we yeah, got yeah. a team of about seven. It's a cross-country yeah, team. Yeah, it's cross-country roster. All right. Let's, let's keep it simpler on the women's side. We only get two. No, I got a couple on the women's side. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, two. Two is a couple. How do you say... You know, like single, couple, what's like three and four? Like a couple treble. is two. Tru- treble. Treble? Treble. T-R-E-B-L-E. Treble? Like they, won, they won the treble. Like if when Bolt wins the, the one, the two, and the four by one, it's, it's like a treble. It's, it's a, a treble? You're, 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 you're lying to me. You're trying to – you're gaslighting me. You really, that's a word. You're really going to – Treble is not a word. Guys. I get here comes treble is like a thing no. in – you mean triple? No, treble. Treble. Gordon, we went we went through this a couple of days ago, man. What was the word? We you did not go over the word? word treble. No, we went yeah, through another word. America, it's a football association. This, this is, is not a word. It's a DC no. Gordon creates the people's champ category and loses control of it all within twelve seconds. <laughs> uh, demo all break right, says, right. "Let Kevin be, Gordon." I'm sorry. All right, I'll yeah, let you I'm be. Sorry. Okay, women's yeah. time. Treble. Okay. So follow the light. Trouble is a word. Gary, trouble is a word. Jordan, trouble is a word. Oh, Cowbob says trouble is not a word. It's a it's a word. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Uh, AC says I'm giving Jackson the MVP of the U.S. meet. Fight me. <laughs> I like I like that. All right, all right. So women's side. What are the MVP slash people champs? You only get two. 
or a, people are in your case. Of I'm trouble. accused of being British now because they're saying it's a, a word they use in Britain. But I, you Google it; it's I found it in the dictionary. So anyway, okay, here we go. go. You gaslight me sometimes when you say, "Oh, it's not this," and then I'm like, it makes me doubt myself. Oh yeah, we got it. Do we have it up there? Tom, did you throw that up there so we can see? No, it? he's not even. He's trying to do it. Okay. He, sh- he doesn't have it. Okay. So you go talk about your your women. Go. Give out the award. All right, they're waiting. They're like in their Airbnbs or hotel rooms, watching the podcast, seeing if they got the award from Kevin. Uh, Gabby Thomas, MVP, twenty-one sixty, comes back as I mentioned from injury last year, and just the back-to-back semifinal and final performance today. I know we only are going to talk about the 2160 because it was the PR and it's the, the all-time mark, but that's her second fastest 200 of all time and her third fastest – or sorry, her fastest 200 of all time and her third fastest 200 of all time. So doing two 200, two 200s that quick um, against a really good field. We talked extensively about how solid this women's 200 field has been for a while, and she absolutely delivered at the end of the meet. So I will give my MVP to – Gabby Thomas. And then what are the other two? Because you get a treble, because apparently it's a word according to Google. So what are the other two? I mean, I think you got to give credit to Cranny for pulling off the double in the five and the 10. I thought that was uh, obviously notable. And then if my third one is just, is just people's champ and just a person whose presence in an event elevated the meat, a thing mo running the fifth actually running the fifteen hundred was cool. That was a cool moment in the meet. Again, she didn't win, so it's weird to pick someone who didn't get the victory, although you did that on the men's side with McGordy. But I just that was a that was a pleasant surprise. We talk an awful lot about people who scratch out, who have a bye and only run one heat and then peace out. Well, Mo didn't do that. She ran it uh, and made that race a ton of fun and opened up a world of possibilities for her future. So who do you – I'm guessing – I think I know who you have as MVP or one of the awards. You do? Yeah, I mean we got to give one to C- – I, I thought you were going to pick Sydney, yeah. so I didn't pick Sydney. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney. Sydney's my MVP. Yeah. She's the best athlete at the meet, better than on both the men's and women's side. Uh, and she delivered. She is actually giving the people what we wanted to see. We've been wanting to see Sydney on the flat 400 and see what she can do when she runs all the rounds. And she's actually going for it. And it's just beginning. We saw chapter one of probably a 12-chapter book. And I can't wait to find out if Dumbledore lives or dies. And by Dumbledore, I mean the 400-meter world record. Will it get broken or not? And I think we're going to see it. Maybe even this year. No, we'll see it. We'll see it in 2024. Eh, yeah, well, no, 2025. I don't know. 2024. Uh, so yeah, MVP was Sydney because forty-eight-seven is insane. Um, also, I think she, she officially has a faster time in the four hundred as me. So that was cool. Sydney's faster than twenty-one-year-old Gordon. Um, also, people share. Chrissy Gear, Chrissy Gear, the steeple. I did not see her having an eleven-second PB, breaking Emma Coburn's ten. Steeple chase win streak. She won for a decade. Emma Coburn has won the steeple, and the one to break it was Chrissy Gear, kicking her down, running a big PB. Um, so she's my people's champ. 
But I get one more because you got three. Three, yeah, you and... get three. Richardson makes it in two teams. Not a lot of that going on. Anna Hall, dominant performance. I'm just throwing out some options. Keep going, keep going. You. You're almost there. I'm almost there. Is it, did this person win? I can't tell you that. Okay, well, make the pick. We got to go. Okay, the real reason why I'm asking you to say names is because I have yet to decide what my third person is. Oh, okay. So I'm, 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 I'm reaching for nominees. I'm, mm. I'm trying to – what's the chat Those say? are some good ones. What's the chat say I'm not saying? I think the chat's given up. You know what? I will say Kayla White. I don't think anyone had Kayla White on the 200-meter team. Mm-hmm. No one. Right? No one had no. Kayla White on the team. No, no. No, that, that was a that was I mean, she's a great runner and was awesome going back to her time at A&T, but yeah, with how with how good the other women had been this year, you thought, yeah. okay, and and I even said it if if Richardson runs well in the 100 and comes decides to come back for the 2, well then that top three, Gabby, Abby, Richardson, in some order, is going to be a, a a formidable top three to to crack, and that's exactly what what Kayla White did. So yeah, yeah Kayla that's White. Your pick. She's my MVP slash people's champ. Boom. Oh, people are saying Nia Ali. I think Nia Ali is a good one too. I was I mean, thinking that while I was talking about Kayla White because I was like, ooh, what about Nia Ali? We didn't mention much about the hundred hurdles, but hey, not everyone can be a champion. We have to cut it off at a treble. Because that's apparently the rules we made to this segment. They have to do a treble of picks. And that's what we did. What's four? Do you know what four would be? If three is a treble, Dude, what's four? I don't, you know I don't, it. You know quadruple? it. You know it. Quadruple? Yeah, so, I think you say a quad, right? Quad Pulled off the quad. A quad is a, your, your leg. Yeah, quad four. isn't a word. Quad doesn't. There's four muscles in there. Quad is not your leg, Gordon. <laughs> it's short for quadriceps. Yeah. But quad isn't muscles? a word. Quadriceps is a word. Quad isn't. Quad is not a word. Quad is not a word. Quadricept is a word. Quad is not a word. Quad is like saying try is a word. T-R-I is a word. It's like saying cup. Oh, okay. It does. Okay. So I I will defer to this. Quad is an abbreviation. But I think you can use abbreviations. No, no, abbreviations aren't words, man. Scrabble rules. Scrabble rules. You can't use abbreviations. You can use no, but I mean in, in in writing, pulling off the quad. They it's a they talk about that in figure skating all the time too. Uh, and this is a big figure skating podcast. No, uh, quadruple so, pulling off the quadruple. No, that's what... Jasmine Moore uh, makes team in both too. That's another one made two teams. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back uh, on Wednesday, twelve thirty from the from the studio, I believe. Thanks to producer Tom for getting the show up and running and making it making it uh what it was all the good parts are due to producer tom all the bad parts are due to myself and gordon uh yeah thanks for listening and we will talk to you guys on wednesday bye y'all